ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Of a white Christmas just like Well, if you're not watching on QSportsTalk.com, Jordan just brought snacks during the break. Yes. Shout out Rocky Sports Pub and the, the burger with the brisket and the short ribs and the beef and the bacon jam. Yeah. That's a good burger right there. The problem with eating during the show is that you... Now, like, I've got burger in my teeth. Bing. But these things do happen. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move about our day. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta nourish yourself during transfer portal season because it's hard to keep up, uh, with everything going on in the world. We bring on, uh, Emily Liker right now, Syracuse.com post standard football beat writer. You know, Emily, I, I was joking, I think, when I, when I said we'd, we'd talk about what happened between when I texted you this morning and, and right now, and lo and behold, things have happened again. So, um, uh, Jer- Jeremiah Wilson, uh, he, he was in the portal, and now he uh, was not in the portal. It's, uh, it's crazy here. Like, something weird is happening every day right now. Yeah, you know, we're kind of in that weird, dead period of, of college football where, like, nothing's really happening but also a lot of things are happening like we're not going to talk with players or dino right now which i keep on like reiterating to people i'm like i haven't talked to him in weeks like i don't know what's going on just as much as you don't know what's going on but but then at the same time there's like oh it's like 10 p.m and coaches are leaving and another person hit the transfer portal so it's a very crazy time yeah it was a week ago uh tonight i, I think it, yeah it was a week ago wednesday right when all the coaching stuff it's hard to even keep track. Yeah, that feels like it was nine months ago uh, right now. We'll, we'll get into all that. And, you know, I thought we'd be talking about the, the transfer portal news. Deuce Chestnut. And he's still in the portal, to the best of my knowledge. I don't think he's left the portal yet. But this is kind of wild in the defensive backfield where literally within the last 24 hours that, that Deuce is gone. Uh, in from Nebraska is Jaden Gould, a four-star, ironically also from New Jersey. And now Jeremiah Wilson is back. So it's, for a second yesterday, nobody was here, and now they've restocked the whole defensive backfield. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse fans seemed pretty rattled yesterday by the Chestnut news. Um, I I wasn't totally surprised, but, um, you know, it's definitely a huge loss for, for Syracuse football, and I'll be curious to see where he lands in the future. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, as of last night, it kind of just felt like, there was no one in the secondary. That's not true. That's a major exaggeration. Um, but it's definitely good for Syracuse to have Jeremiah Wilson back, especially for the bowl game, just someone that's been on the field with this team this season. Um, I would assume it will be him and Isaiah Johnson starting at the cornerback positions. Um, obviously, Garrett Williams is still recovering from a torn ACL and won't be back. And those two just have had the most playing time besides Deuce now that he's gone. So going to be interesting i mean i tweeted this morning there are obviously going to be new faces faces people haven't seen in the backfield at the bowl game but that's not necessarily a bad thing and and probably would have happened even if players hadn't hit the transfer portal because often coaches and staffs and teams and 
general just like to look towards the future a little bit with bowl appearances. Yeah, and for people wondering if a player like Jaden Gould, who's now transferred in, if he can play in the bowl game, the answer to that is no. You need to be uh, enrolled in the school first and actually uh, a, a, a matriculated student. So you won't get to see... Uh, a guy like him, but you know what, Emily? And this is just rampant speculation. I, I'd bet within like three, four, five years, whatever. I bet that changes. I, I bet by bowl games in a few years that somehow, like these new players, will be will be playing in these games. Yeah, I mean, I was just refreshing like some of my transfer portal knowledge this this morning to make sure I was answering people's questions um, accurately and just like reading how many changes it's, it's gone through in the past two or three years. And I mean, the transfer portal in its current iteration isn't even that old to begin with, but yeah, it's certainly going to continue to morph and change. And there's always going to be questions about the transfer portal. I think that'll be something that we're answering questions on for basically our entire careers. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you hear transfers in this whole thing and, you know, from the dawn of time, I mean, generally the reasons for transferring were uh, playing time, or you know, you, you got there and you didn't like the coach or whatever for whatever reason. Obviously, those are still available reasons. Uh, now we toss NIL into the pot. What, what's the sense you're getting of the balance between you know reasons people are in the portal right now, be it playing time, NIL, or whatever? Yeah, you know, I mean, up until Deuce's transfer last night, I would say my just general, um, like general belief with most of the players, just looking at their stats and and who had gone into the portal, I think for the most part it had been playing time. Some of these um, players off the depth chart that we've seen, I mean, Courtney Jackson was one of the first to leave. That was likely a playing time thing. He didn't produce a ton this season for the Orange. Steve Linton got a little bit more playing time, but still wasn't getting as much as like Jatias Gear, Caleb Opechukwu. Deuce is kind of the first one where I think we're potentially starting to see fallout from Tony White leaving and not being the defensive coordinator anymore. I don't know that for sure, but that that happens when, when coaches leave programs, especially coordinators. Um, if players were really satisfied with their coaching, then mm-hmm. they tend to leave or if there's any doubt about who's going to be serving in the future or what type of defense you're going to be running, which I don't know. It it seems like Syracuse still plans to run the three, three, five with who they're pursuing in their, their coaching targets for defensive coordinator. But I think most of the people we've seen leave from Syracuse so far, I would say left for playing time. Deuce might be one defensive coordinator. There's no evidence yet to prove or say that any of these guys left for NIL money. So I think that's one of those excuses that people like to throw out there without there being evidence, and I think is pretty unethical. So, like, just wait. Maybe they will get NIL deals, and, and then maybe there's some truth to that. But until that comes out, I don't think it's worth speculating about. And it's uh, even if it is, it's often very hard to uh, find out, you know, the real dollars of it, like, okay, they left for, well, for how much money to answer that question is a whole uh, another level of things that are kind of hard to unpeel. Uh, I guess it'll be a, the easiest dots to connect is if Deuce, you know, happens to go to Nebraska, I think we'll know what his feelings for, for Tony White were. That would be the easiest uh, way to figure that out, but we'll uh, wait and see. Emily Liker is our guest, Syracuse.com, the beat writer for the football team in her uh, first year doing it. What a wild first off season to go through uh, right now. <laughs> you mentioned defensive coordinator. Obviously, there's uh, reports out uh, now. Adam Rittenberg uh, had it. I know you've written about it. Um, 
about Rocky Long at minimum being in communication with Dino Babers again, as he was three years ago. Uh, what do you what do you mm-hmm. make of what's going on uh, with Rocky Long? I mean, obviously there are ties to Syracuse. They ran his defense uh, for the last three years. But uh, are, are you feeling it's a legit shot that he could actually be here uh, on staff sooner than later? You know, it's interesting because obviously, I mean, like you mentioned, this is my first season, so I've only heard about Rocky's previous involvement in kind of that 2020 um, searching period minimally. I've heard about it from my supervisor, Nate Mink, who I know you talked about it with uh, last week. But, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if they're they're seriously considering him. There's a couple things that I think would hold Rocky back from potentially taking it. I mean, namely, he's, he's pretty old. He's 72 years old. Um, moving halfway across the country. That's a, a big commitment at this age. He's out of place with one of his former players, Danny Gonzalez, that he seems to really enjoy. I got to talk to him back in uh, July or August when I was working on my, my Tony White feature, and he seemed seemed to be enjoying himself at, at New Mexico. He's in a defensive coordinator position there. So if he, if he came here for a D.C. job, it would be a lateral move. Um, and when you're looking at lateral moves, it then comes down to money, I think, often. And then, then some of those secondary things like family components and, oh, ties to coaches that are already on staff. So I wouldn't be surprised if Syracuse was considering Rocky or trying to get him to come up here. But I think I would be surprised if Rocky was seriously considering taking the job. And then I guess that leads to the next question, Emily, that, it, it, you know, I talked about it with Nate, too, and other people here. There's not a ton of people. There, there's three three fives, but his is run in a, a specific way. There's just not a lot of uh, people that, that run this thing <laughs> uh, right now. So I guess if not Rocky, then who if they keep the scheme, which kind of loops us back to Nick Monroe, who's the interim defensive coordinator right now, that... And we wonder, he's been in this system for three years. We wonder, is that enough, I guess, to to take over and run this defense going forward? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think if if we're looking at people on staff currently that make the most sense to promote, it's definitely Nick Monroe. And we we just saw that Syracuse did that with quarterback coach Jason Beck promoting him to OC. That turnaround happened really quickly. So I was honestly kind of shocked that there wasn't a quicker turnaround with getting Nick Monroe's name out there even as interim DC, that was kind of intriguing to me. Um, I think he's the most obvious candidate on staff. You're right. When you look outside of the program and, and trying to find coaches who have run the three, three, five, you, you get limited. Um, I think Phil Bennett, who's out at university of North Texas and was the DC or is the DC there. Um, I think he's potentially in the mix, um, not because of three, three, five, but because of connections to Babers. And then another person I kind of just pulled in my, initial reaction that I don't have like any evidence that he's actually being considered is Mike Mickens out at Notre Dame. He's the cornerback coach, but he was um, an assistant under Babers at Bowling Green. He's a little bit more of an up and comer. Um, so that was just like another name I kind of pulled as, Hey, they have a tie to Babers. Maybe they'll come out here, but I'm going to be curious to see how this one unfolds in the coming weeks, just because I think keeping the system would be, important to keeping a lot of the starters that Syracuse has here right now. Yeah, that's why I guess I'm intrigued too, Emily, how, how the timing's going to work out. Obviously, on the offensive side of things, that that all seemingly happened, at least from the outside, it like happened in a day. Like Robert <laughs> and I was literally, he was recruiting with the Syracuse staff, and then he's at NC State, and then Jason Beck's the new offensive coordinator before we even blinked. 
Uh, now, <laughs> like you wonder, okay, is Dino going to hire somebody now? And then we know, is Nick going to get to coordinate the bowl game? That's 15 days from now, which is not a long time, but as we've seen in the last week, is a very long time. Uh, I, I guess the order the order of operations here is going to be very intriguing to watch. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's such a weird time of year because you have, when you're recruiting coaches, recruiting players even out of the transfer portal, you're looking at, oh, well, are they going to, are they in a bowl game? Like, are they going to want to coach in that bowl game? Because sometimes coaches do switch jobs and still stay at the school they've been at all season and coach. Yeah. That's that happens sometimes. Um, and so that combined with also the holiday season, it's kind of hard to imagine that Syracuse could get someone hired in 15 days in time to have practice and get players behind them and feel confident leading an entire defense in a bowl game. It's certainly not out of the question. I think my instinct would have been that if they were going to try and hire someone in a quick turn, it would have happened by now, maybe by tomorrow, within a week. But I don't see I don't see them trying to like force a hire in the next fifteen days to get someone in before the bowl game unless there was something they felt really unconfident about in, in Nick Monroe because he seems like he's fully capable of running this defense for three weeks and a bowl game. Yeah, it, it's going to be wild to watch because who, who would have guessed all this stuff was going to happen as recently as uh, a week ago? It was uh, tough to yeah. guess that because it all just it all just kind of happened. And uh, here, here we are with it continuing to go on. I want to ask you a few more things about you know kind of the, the more normal stuff we talk about this time of year. Uh, <laughs> early signing day is a week from... Uh, today, it, from your article this morning, there are 11, it looks like, currently uh, verbal uh, players uh, to the class. Lenora Sellers is obviously the one we've talked about the most, the, the quarterback uh, recruit that's uh, so closely tied to Jason Beck. Um, any any worries uh, by the staff right now about waffling on that? I know you know South Carolina was coming in hard, or are they feeling good that Sellers is still locked down? You know, I don't know necessarily what the what the staff at SU is thinking. I know that um, Robert and I and Jason Beck were down there when Sellers won the the state championship a couple weeks ago. When I talked to Sellers the morning after that, he was still confident that he was going to sign with SU. So it, it doesn't sound like there's any waffling there. Um, Obviously, we'll see when he signs next Wednesday, but I'm not the only one that's talked to him and reported that he's set on signing with them. So I think think some of the tension can come off with that. As for a lot of the other recruits, I mean, I've checked in with quite a few of them, and it doesn't seem like anyone's been swayed or had any worries about any of the coordinator changes, which is definitely a good sign because it a lot of the time those coordinators are the ones that are doing the recruiting. Obviously position coaches do it as well, but, but they play a big role in that. And, and for the most part, it sounds like all 11 of these guys are still set on coming to Syracuse. Several of them are coming early and will be enrolling in January. So that's good news for getting work in early as well. Um, so I think Syracuse is in pretty good shape with this class, it seems like. And, uh, you know, what goes in is people say, okay, why only 11? Well, it sounds like Dino intentionally was leaving uh, significant scholarships available for the portal, uh, of which they've given out uh, three already. We mentioned uh, Jaden Gould. Uh, the other two uh, recently were Braylon Ingraham, a defensive lineman from Alabama. That catches your eye immediately. And Joe Moore, an offensive <laughs> lineman uh, from Richmond. Uh, what have you heard, Emily, about those two players? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think both the the linemen, from what I've seen, are great pickups. Um, More at Richmond, um, if I recall, they had a pretty solid um, offensive attack this year. I believe they had over 5,000 total 
offensive yards, which is pretty good. I mean, obviously, it's hard to get stats on offensive linemen specifically because uh-huh. <laughs> they don't tackle and things like that. But that's kind of usually what you use to judge is, oh, how did the offense overall perform? And then Ingraham is interesting. I mean, a highly rated prospect out of Florida, which everyone knows is a, a recruiting hotbed um, and ended up at Alabama, which is an eye-catching school, but didn't get a play a ton for them. I think he finished with five games across two seasons that he played in full there. So um, I've been trying to get in touch with him to chat with him, and hopefully he will um, get back to me on that and we can have some more info on him. But, I mean, just the four-star pickups out of the transfer portal I think are are crucial for SU because they have historically struggled getting anything higher than a three-star out of high school recruits in recent years. Yeah, we've seen it at the quarterback position. Guys like Schrader and Del Rio Wilson are higher-ranked as recruits than uh, certainly uh, other guys had been on the roster. Uh, all right, so Braylon, get back to Emily. We want to know more about you. And he's a guy <laughs> potentially, you know, with a redshirt year and a COVID year, uh, potentially he could have two years of eligibility remaining to play at uh, Syracuse uh, should he choose. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right, Emily, uh, good stuff. Uh, who knows what more you'll learn by tomorrow. Something probably because things just <laughs> keep happening. And I- I'm sure we'll touch base sooner than later because, because man, the-, the world has not stopped turning with all this stuff. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right. That is Emily Liker, beat writer for the Orange football team, Syracuse.com and the Post Standard. We'll take a break. A very different topic when we come back. Uh, What do you know about medieval wars? Not a lot, I would presume. Down down a really stupid rabbit hole after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.